0: Hello, it's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope you're all doing well right now.
1: Hi, everybody. Matt Guy here for a Porky special. Porky special, indeed. We've only gone and
0: got an interview with an actor, an actual (laughs) proper, no-fooling actor. A bona fide actor. Yeah, like, proper actor. Like, I looked at his IMDb page, and he's been in Splash, Turner and Hoops, like he's worked with Tom Hanks, for fuck's sake. I'm not a massive Tom Hanks fan, but that is impressive. And also, he was in Alf, which is one of my favourite shows from my youth. And also, um, Diagnosis Murder—like really impressive stuff for me. I, I did fanboy it. a little bit, I think, at times. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's David Nell, the uh, the man from Pig, which is going to be released this very weekend. It, I think it's on streaming. It's either on streaming services or you can buy or rent it, but. I do think you need to see it in the cinema if it's playing near you hopefully it will be on at some indies matt obviously we have just finished recording the uh, interview any highlights that uh, the the listeners need to be keeping an ear out for
1: i think what (laughs) what came across as really entertaining was um i i don't know if if david has but if he doesn't he needs to explore voice work and, 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 and an impersonator because he nailed accents. He nailed like other actors um, really, really well, really seamlessly. Mm. Um, you know, you could tell this is a guy that's been in the performing arts for, uh, you know, a long time. And this kind of stuff isn't stuff that phases him. Whereas yeah. we, me and you might splutter a bit as we talk or, or let nerves take control of us in a short way. But this is pocket change for a, for an actor like himself. Yep. So
0: this is our interview with David now. Hope you enjoy.
2: Oh, we're recording. No, that's that's that, new on me. That was on that was on my end. I think it's like when you do that, it says you know they're recording this, and I go yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a good way of uh, uh, you know that giving me extra awareness not to uh, stand up and show that I'm not wearing pants or something if I don't know it's being recorded. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs>
1: we're, we're a fun-living podcast. If that's what makes you happy, you do what you like. Because nobody needs to, <laughs> needs to see. That really. <laughs> Fantastic.
2: So there's only two of you. Today, yes. Right? Yeah. Our
0: third is at a wedding on a Thursday. <sighs> Who does that? Cheap, what, cheap that, Yeah. Oh yeah. It's really cheap to do It was so. just
2: so there you go. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's very disappointed he
2: can't be here, but oh, unfortunately. Well, should we, should we, so. Do are, are we talking smack about him behind his back or anything? I don't even know. What's his what's his name? It's Stu. Stu's the uh, third one. Stu. Um, yeah. You missed but. you missed out, man.
0: He'll be furious because he missed out on the last one when I got to speak to Imwa, who was the guy who did the music on Willy's Wonderland. I don't know if oh, you've cool. seen that one, but Cage's film before this one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's missed two in a row now. So he's very, uh, oh, very disappointed.
2: Man. Was it his wedding?
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, it wasn't
2: even his wedding. No, oh.
0: I, I don't know whose wedding it is, to be honest. Um, <laughs> he said it's the fifth well, one he's well, been to on a Thursday, though, so.
2: It's a theme. Mm -hmm. Are you sure it's not just the easiest excuse he had? Is that that, have you checked? Have you seen pictures? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so did he give you a list of questions, things that he would ask, comments that he would make? No, he hasn't. Geez, he's just—he's just totally unprepared here. I mean, to be yeah. fair, he would probably say the
0: most inappropriate thing at the worst time possible. That's generally his MO. Okay. That's how well, he I'll, operates.
2: I'll, I'll pick up that, uh, that mantle <laughs> there. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> like parts of the furniture. Brilliant. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so,
0: David, when we get guests on, we like to ask them three questions. Same yes. three questions for everyone.
2: So the first yep. question is, what is your favorite Nick Cage film? Well, I I, kind of have to say the one I just did with him. And that's that's not that's I'm not just cheating there. I didn't I didn't entirely understand Nick Cage for most of the most of his career. I, got, I have to be hmm. honest there. Um, you know, sometimes he does really great stuff and sometimes he does stuff that, that he makes uh, uh, interesting and sometimes uh, bizarre choices. And um, I watched bef- prior to doing this movie. I, I I've been asked, people ask me, have you done any research into being a chef for this? And I said, no, I had no, no chefery to do in the actual performing of this movie. What was in the script was, at one point opening that bottle of wine that that we drink from. Mm. But I also realized when I had my costume fitting that there was only one uh, chef's jacket and it would be very likely that I would open the bottle of wine and it would go everywhere (laughs) and that we could not make the rest of the movie. So, so I suggested to, um, to the uh, 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 director that, Maybe the waitress should open the bottle of wine. Before that. So that was that was one part of my research was was how to open a bottle of wine, and I actually went to a couple of restaurants nearby and said, "So what would be the uh, the situation here? What what kind of corkscrew would I use?" And I uh, ultimately realized if you were the chef, it probably wouldn't really be you opening the wine anyway. You would yeah. just sort of you know you open go. So that's kind of what I did. Although they cut those uh, those cool hand gestures out. I'm making cool hand gestures for those of you who are listening on audio. (laughs) Um, But um, so that was part of the research there. And then the other research was literally Googling. What's it like to work with Nicolas Cage? (laughs) And because I was curious, I didn't because I didn't know. I mean, you know, uh, uh, he could have been anywhere on the spectrum. He could have been an asshole he was he was decidedly not which was great but i didn't know you know so um you know and and i had i made sure that, that before we actually shot i got to talk to the the director uh michael sardoski i got an hour with him on a saturday just to to talk about what i intended to do and to make sure we were all on the same page and also to ask him sort of what the situation was with with uh with Mr. Cage. And he said that he was very collaborative and very supportive and very um, uh, enthusiastic. And it was like, oh, good. Okay, good. Um, So that when we actually got in to to do the thing, it was, you know, we, we got to play together and, and, and Mm. that could have, Mm. that could easily have not been the situation it could have been like my in my imaginings like a different scenario if I was doing a scene with uh doing that same scene with uh uh, Robert De Niro if De Niro had been cast as as Rob Feld um I could have easily seen us running the scene first thing in the morning and De Niro turning to the director and going is that what he's gonna fucking do (laughs) and then me going oh no (laughs) (laughs) and then pulling it way down and going oh this is this is super awkward um but nick was not that way at all we 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 ran the 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 scene and he just uh he he totally he kind of leaned back and kind of went wow wow man you really brought it and i went okay good so we're so we had kind of a um what seemed to be a, a, a real mutual respect. And we, we and, and then we got to just, just play with it all day, which was, which was really great. So, so it, that's kind of the loaded uh, answer to the question. What what is my favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Because I have so much in this that yeah. just, you know, other movies I've seen, I kind of go, okay, or that was good. Or, uh, you know, leaving Las Vegas, I, I thought he, he was damn good. In. Yeah. Um, you know, and other things when when he makes these these really broad and really interesting um choices well also within part of the research we're good all of my sentences can be uh, re-edited to make cohesive <laughs> things that that actually have an a b, c d um there was one of those things that they do on like g q or or Vanity Fair or something, those videos where Mm -hmm. actors go and and talk about their their most prominent roles. And there was one of those that he did, and it was about a half an hour long. And I totally gained a lot of respect for him after watching that, because what he said in that was that really every choice that he makes is deliberate. It's not frivolous it's um you know he really thinks about the choices that he makes and he sticks with them so he makes very uh, uh bold choices the the most telling one for me was uh when he talked about doing um Peggy Sue got married
0: mm-hmm.
2: which uh, which my friend Helen Hunt was was in played his played his daughter in that and uh uh he didn't want to do it initially. And Francis Ford Coppola, you know, who directed Apocalypse Now and The Godfather, and things. was doing this sort of light romantic comedy and said, said to him, Nick, you should do this movie. And he said, ah, I don't know, Uncle. It's not the kind of thing I want to do. I'm trying to do more, you know, things that push me. I'm trying to do things that are interesting. And I don't know if this is it. And, and, and Coppola just kept pushing him. And he finally acquiesced. He said, I'll do it if I can do it using the voice of, of Pokey from the Gumby cartoons. Now, I don't know if you had Gumby and Pokey in, in, uh, in Britain. It was a weird thing that we had in the sixties, uh, uh, which was claymation, you know, is it was, it was okay. Gumby and Pokey were made out of clay and Gumby was a green character with an oddly shaped head. And Pokey was his orange horse buddy. And that's literally the voice that he's doing in Peggy Sue got married and he copped to that. That's like, I thought, I thought, well, he's doing something that sounds like pokey, but no, he literally chose to do a cartoon character voice for this movie. Which uh which apparently uh um Kathleen Turner did not find uh <laughs> all that charming because she, she you know because he had just come off of doing birdie, I think at that point. Um and that's what she thought she was gonna she was gonna be doing this movie with the guy from Birdie, and that was a really that was another kind of su- subdued performance. So I'm gonna move this because I keep nearly knocking it down. I've got this big glass Voss bottle, and I'm just going to you're going to hear a shatter at some point. And that's just me <laughs> again, gesticulating wildly in my own thing. Um, anyway, so she said she thought that's what was coming in. And then in comes this kid doing this, this weird ass thing with his voice, but, but his choice to make it was really deliberate. And for some reason he thought that would help him with his character and, and, and hearing him talk in all these other uh about his other roles and he would just make these choices. And I think the thing that I, that I really respected was that none of them were frivolous, Mm. you know, it wasn't like he wasn't goofing with anybody. I've, I've known actors who make choices like that seemingly just to fuck with people, whether it's other actors or expectations or something, but he really made those choices deliberately. And so I thought that was really interesting. So I was prepared for, for whatever choice he was going to make with pig and then coming to find out that he that his his choice was to totally, totally underplay it mm-hmm. and just and just be the kind of the observer in all of this. Yeah, um, you know, so so. So, yeah, so it was mm-hmm. it was really just just a fascinating uh, yeah. thing. That is-
0: I said, that's really interesting because one of the reasons when we started this podcast looking at Nick Cage's films mm-hmm. is that, as she said, some of his films are very hit and some are very miss. Mm-hmm. But he always gives it one hundred and ten percent. He oh yeah, always swings for the fences no matter what yeah. he's doing. And
2: I think right. that's incredible. Like there aren't many it actors who are like it, that. It, no, uh, and and God knows I've never been that. I've always uh, that that scenario is talking about with the imaginary uh, De Niro, it's like, I look at some of my earlier stuff and I might've gone in doing a, a, an interesting audition, but once the camera was on in hindsight, I could see that I really pulled back and didn't mm. hit for the fences mm. in the actual performances, um, you know, or even, even to the point of like, like, like just, and, and that comes with, with, age and experience knowing how my face works you know (laughs) knowing i mean this is sort of my 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 toolkit right you know so 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 knowing how to communicate uh an idea or an emotion using uh this this thing i have on, on the front of my head and uh and i didn't always know how to do that so so i would. I can, there are a few performances of mine where I look at and I I can see where I kind of chickened out or didn't, or didn't know how to, how to project an emotion into the camera, Mm. you know, thought was experiencing it maybe and feeling it, but not getting it across as well as I'd wanted to. And he always, as you said, 110% goes, goes for it to get that emotion out and, and, um, whether whether he he succeeds in that or not is is kind of subjective, mm. I guess. But but um, but I love his 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 uh, bravery to a certain extent, you know, and and I guess and after a while, I mean, after he's been doing it for so long, it just kind of became sort of an expectation. Mm. You know, the people like it, so when this movie came out, when when the, the trailer dropped and People had the premise and a couple of quick moments from the scene. Everybody kind of assumed, "Oh, now Nick Cage is going to do this, and he's lost his pig, so he's going to go completely apeshit because <laughs> yeah. he's big and that." And then it turned out not to be that uh, at all. Mm, that you was know, how it turned out. To be,
0: we we yeah. were thinking this is going to be John Wick with a pig. And yeah, the cage, and we were a little bit apprehensive. Got to be honest, mm. going in. Yeah, we'd been burnt.
1: We've been burnt a little bit by jujitsu, didn't we? Um, yeah. which, was, <laughs> which was was kind right? of a similar kind of thing. Where and a few of the trailers in the past, even for like kind of uh, much much earlier films, kind of like adaptation. The trailer for adaptation paints it to be a very different film than it is. Oh, really? Um, I, yeah, I, and I remember the movie, so,
2: which I enjoyed, but but yeah, the trailer. How would you sell that? And yeah. And why yeah. would you sell it that way? I, I, I get kind of what they, they do. And it's, you know, it's 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 not the filmmakers who make the trailers right there. They they got there is trailer guys who do that mm-hmm. and and they're good at it. And, you know, that which is a whole nother real interesting topic. Um, uh, here's something you should do here. Here's the thing. Here's for you. Um, a Freebie topic. Go take a look at all the trailers of, of every Nick Cage movie that's ever been out. Just break them down and see, like, did they accurately represent the, mm. the movie? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you go way back, the, the, the modern trailer, as we're kind of used to it, only started in the in the 80s. Prior yeah. to that, you look at trailers before that and they sort of try to tell you what the story is, you know, mm. and to the point sometimes of just giving away the entire plot. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. to get you into the theater. And and when they started really just making it about that visceral experience of, you know, for me, movie trailers are all about that the moment where you go, ah! or yeah, mm-hmm. and that's it, right? Because that's you it they just you don't have time to 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 tell the entire plot of the story or if you would be interested, you just trying to get people to a point of going all right okay just to have that have that moment and um and with this one god even when the even when they dropped the the uh the the synopsis of it i was concerned because people that came out even before the trailer the synopsis came out in you know december of of two months after we shot it and they said you know this is a movie about Nicolas Cage, who's a truffle hunter and he loses his pig. And even then people said, John Wick with a pig. Yeah, I'm down. And then it was like and and I remember just being in touch with the director and going, I hope that's not how they're pitching it. And he said, yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) But but then again, you know what? What I have loved about the response has been people who actually see the movie. 95% Ninety-five percent of them were going in with that expectation, mm. and and sure. most of the reviews say, "Go see it anyway, even if that is your expectation," or 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 trying to protect you from from the same misconception that they had. Like, say, it's just not that. It's not. It's not John Wick. It's not uh, Liam Neeson. It's it's it is entirely something different. And having said that, you should totally see it anyway because yeah. it's because mm-hmm. it's that which is which is real good but um but yeah just just not knowing i mean i don't know i don't i honestly don't know what would be a better way to to pitch it because yeah no.
1: uh, i think i think if you pitched it as as it is the the fact that it is so um delicate yet so crushing as a film about mm-hmm. grief about grief and about coping with grief i think right. that you need to be shocked into seeing this kind of movie to actually yeah. appreciate it even more. Yeah. Because if yeah. you're going into it, expecting it to be this quite um, brooding and quite, you know, thought-provoking film, it's not as shocking then. But going into it thinking yeah. it's a, different, it, it blew me away in that respect. Because I was, I take, in the nicest way possible, I was expecting the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of like, because I thought, oh, this is going to be John Wick with a pig. And it's, so therefore, sure. it's going to be a cheap imitation book.
2: Christ, it was anything but. And yeah. that was that was so refreshing. Isn't it? And I think that, that that the other, the other aspect of that is that there's a large percentage of the audience that I think that is going to see it and will enjoy it. That if they knew that's what it was about, just would not want to see it. There's a lot of people who who go, I don't, you know, I don't want to see a movie about emotions. You know, I want to see something that's going to try and help me escape from stuff, from whatever it is that I'm going through. And, and, And in fact, you know, I think it's so uh, particularly for this particular time, uh, you know, with the the pandemic and everything. uh, I love the fact that there's so many people who are have been put into a position to to try and to have to reassess their lives Mm. and their dreams, and they're you know just like with 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 uh, with my character, when you know somebody who has gone and gotten the job and done the thing and are successful or maybe not successful, but have never have barely considered uh, starting again from scratch with their lives, you know, mm-hmm. because you just don't think that's a thing, you know, you think, well, I'm you know, I can't quit my job because I need the money or whatever, you know, and, and, and the movie really does, touch on so much of that about, about not just grief for the loss of a person but a grief for the loss of of, of what you really wanted to do you know mm. from childhood or whatever and, and and that's not a comfortable conversation to have no. and it's not a conversation that I think people would willingly walk into) <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very good. Yeah. So, uh, oh, so you're telling me that when I'm done watching this movie, I'm going to feel like my entire life has been a sham. Sign me up, man. That's
1: <laughs> not have a popcorn and a drink with that too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of popcorn then. So our second question we ask is, what is your favorite cinema snack? You a sweet, salty popcorn
2: man? No popcorn? It, definitely popcorn. Uh, sometimes a hot dog, because that's a thing here uh in the last bunch of years in the um in the pacific northwest uh, they started uh serving uh, uh actual food like pub food in movie theaters uh so where you mm. could get a beer and you could get uh, pizza or a sandwich or anything and that's that's i kind of like that but but always popcorn that's just a, that's just a given and then i and then i kind of cycle through other things like uh, uh I went through a long uh, uh, raisinettes period. I don't know that's okay. it, yeah, yeah. yeah, but um, <laughs> um, but uh, so, sometimes putting M and Ms in the popcorn that's mm. it. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. Well, Although, when we had sorry, when we had on, he told us um, that you put Reese's pieces in the popcorn, and I, I've know. tried that, and that's fantastic.
2: Yeah. That's my that's, that's my jam now. <laughs> My only challenge with that is, like, I'll be having that with my wife, and somehow she gets easily ninety eight percent of the M Ms. <laughs> I, I reach for them, and it's until I get to the bottom and can actively you know, locate them, uh, <laughs> they just elude me. But it's nice because it makes it keeps it um, it keeps the food interesting. You have to mm. pay attention and pay attention to the movie, so it's um, you know.
0: Yeah, are you much of a <laughs> are you a cinema goer, or do you prefer to watch it at home?
2: I I really prefer to go, to go to movie theaters when I can. Um, Mm. yeah. Um, I, this, uh, giant TV thing behind me is like the first TV I've owned in 25 years. Um, our, our typical, uh, uh, viewing experience in the evening is I take the computer that is in front of me and I bring it into the living room and that sits on the coffee table and that becomes our, our thing. And that's like a 27 inch thing. So that's, you know, Which is why I prefer, if you're going to see a movie, go to the movie theater yeah, and do it. Yeah, yeah uh, totally fair, you know, completely. Yeah.
0: And the um, final of the are three questions. If yes. you could watch only one film for the rest of your life,
2: what film are you watching? Uh, that would probably be a toss-up between uh, The Big Lebowski and Magnolia.
1: Oh, well, great choices.
2: Uh, Mag- Magnolia... I love for the same reason that I love pig except that I wasn't in it. So I mean, <laughs> as a, as a viewing, as an audience, I love it's that it just deals with people's. Um, well, the, the, tagline of, of Magnolia, that they were that they use a few times in there is, is uh, you may be done with the past, but the past isn't done with you. Mm. and that's that and that's kind of you could say the same thing about pig that's what that's what that mm. that's what that's about too and i love that it's just full of all these these beautifully written and acted human beings that that um that made bad choices in their life and just stuck with them because that's what people do you know and just you, you, that you make choices that just were not that 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 you just can regret every day and not change because people get stuck in their stuff. And so it, it and sometimes that you need to really be shaken up and like in pig, you know, he, he, Robin's going around and just, in order to meet his objective of getting his pig back, what he does is every time he hits resistance, he just meets people where they are. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so he does that with 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 my character, uh, you know, who is reluctant to tell him anything about where his pig is. So he starts literally deconstructing Finway and just taking him apart. And that's the the metaphor of the scene and the that whole and that whole act that talks about uh, deconstructed scallops. And so, in order to get what he wants, he has to literally deconstruct mm-hmm. Chef Finway emotionally till he gets to a point where he just will now answer the question where's my pig? And he does kind of the same thing with, with uh, 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 Alan Arkin's character, Darius. He just has to really just take him back to his Mm. (laughs) essence so that he can get the answer that he wants. And in Magnolia, there's just, it's it's just full of all these great performances and these people who are in pain. And the thing that shakes people out of them, out of it is is the reigning of frogs down on, on Los Angeles is just so bizarre and out there. And, and, and yet I love how they set it up right from the very beginning. You know, there's that monologue that Ricky J has, uh, where he starts talking about really interesting things that happened in history that, that are kind of impossible that when you hear the story, you go, surely that's not real, but he, he lists about five things like that, 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 that you can't explain. And yet they happened and then they start the story. So you've always got this underlying uh, um, uh, question underneath well, as you're watching the movie unfold. He's already set the tone for something really weird is going to happen here, mm. but we'll get to that later. And so, you, so you're just watching this stuff go by. So when, when the, 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 the last act happens and frogs literally start raining from the sky and just completely uh, uh, stopping people where they are emotionally because you just can't be in that space anymore because this happened. And I don't know. It's just something to, that I find just so lovely about that and, and uh, you know, just being able to tell people it's going to be okay. But you have to stop what you're doing right now. <laughs> you have to stop being in the middle of the stuff. I know you're in the middle of the stuff, but you got to stop and it'll be okay. And um, yeah, so, so that's what I love about that. And Big Lebowski is just Big Lebowski. It's the Coen brothers. And I right just love it because it's just,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, any film with John Goodman in, I'm there there's just yeah. something about john goodman which I'll is think. which
2: is i think literally every coen brothers movie i think he's been in all of them
0: I, yeah i, I think
2: um, pretty much um, so yeah I mean, he's just endlessly yep. watchable and it's yep.
0: just that big smile that he has on his face that yep it just draws you into whatever he does i think he's yeah big fan of his yeah
2: work. yeah 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 and and such a great um supporting actor mm-hmm you know, cause, cause that's his job in that is really, and in all the things just to be, just to kind of, um, well, diff- I, I'm I'm now racing through all the different things that he did. Like, uh, Oh brother, where art now where he played the, mm. uh, the big guy with the, with one eye. I don't love that. That moment where he's, where he picks up a log and just, and is it Steve Buscemi? No, not Steve Buscemi. Um, um uh, um John Turturro the, the other John Turturro yeah, just hits him over the head with it mm. and then starts approaching uh uh Clooney. And Clooney's character is does not stop eating his sandwich. He just can't register <laughs> what has just happened. It's like, whoa what you do that for, John? Uh and then gets beat up himself and it's just yeah <laughs> it's funny because because of all of the performances um from
1: goodman the one that stands out for me probably probably my favorite is is him in 10 cloverfield lane where it's a complete throwaway yeah. from well from anything i've seen him in where he's so haunting and menacing yeah and the tension is built up so slowly so drip fed but then all of a sudden bang it explodes god that it, that was such a departure from what i'm used to but
2: it was it yeah was, it was really really interesting to see it's yeah it's it's great to see good people get good material Mm. and you know and Mm. just yeah where you just able to go look at that look what he did with that that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) i was wondering about pig yes
0: this is um michael sarnov sarnovsky i keep mispronouncing his surname so yeah. Oscar. it's his uh, feature film debut isn't it as far as some Pre- aware.
2: yeah i yes it is yeah he's done uh, he and vanessa block who is the co-writer on this mm-hmm. they did uh they did a documentary i know um uh about a rape trial in the congo okay so speak, speaking of uh, trailers for things that you go <laughs> i want to sign up for that and watch that but which i i haven't I think it's now available on Amazon and I really do want to want to see it but um but because they were involved in it um but yeah that's and and I think also they did a short film together that I'm mm-hmm. not sure uh, uh, is is available anywhere although you know uh it may well be findable now but yeah so totally their their the first thing and uh Man, you talk about uh, hitting it out of the park. Yeah, um, it,
0: it seems to have such a, a maturity to the direction of it. I'm genuinely stunned that yeah.
2: he's a newbie, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Well, well, the, this, this script was so beautifully written. Um, and if you get a chance, it, it'll. I'm sure there'll be, be a time at which that will be findable and downloadable somewhere. Um, read it because if, if you really, if you appreciate film, just reading what the words were on the page and then comparing it to what they got on, mm. on screen is just mm-hmm. is just beautiful um, because there was so much and it's on several levels. One, it was an inspiration for everybody who came on board because they read this script and, go, and went, wow, that's a movie that I want to see. That's a movie I want to be a part of um you know least of all uh uh nicholas cage who read this and went wow yeah that's something i want to do and i i think i read some interview where he said yeah that's one that i won't even have to act he said (laughs) so uh so for him that's what that meant was he didn't have to come up with anything right he didn't have to 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 you know Sometimes it's a challenge. Uh, Many times as an actor, you get you get a script or you get some some bit of dialogue that's well intentioned, but hard to play, hard Mm -hmm. to communicate, whatever it is you think they're going for. And sometimes it's just sometimes there isn't any emotional thing to it, sometimes like particularly as as a supporting or character actor all you're doing is exposition. You're just being the guy who explains what's happening in the movie, or you may just be, you know, uh, just the cop or the doctor saying he's down the hall. And what do you do with that? Really? Just, you know, but the, the, all the characters in this script were so well-written and intriguing. And um, I've got a couple of friends who, who had, who had, bigger parts in the movie that were cut down uh the part of the uh darius pierce played the part of uh edgar who is uh you know the Mm -hmm. the one who runs the fight club there he had and filmed a three-page monologue i think that that Mm -hmm. really was explained the whole uh fight sequence thing which which um which is without that monologue in there it plays very differently uh, mm. for instance i mean here's I'm, I'm, i know i'm sidebarring a bit here but but that particular thing the whole the whole sort of fight club thing uh, was not done for money in the original script they changed it so he says you know you get five hundred dollars or whatever it was what was happening was that it was all of the top chefs pe- well people who worked at these really great restaurants would bring uh, servings portions of food from their really mm. great restaurant to this thing and homeless guys would come in and they would be competing for the food right so they so their job was to stand there get beat up by these frustrated uh, restaurant workers they would be the guys who would be paying and betting and stuff but the the actual homeless guys were being paid in really really excellent food it's
1: quite a uh... It's, That's quite an it's, interesting theme,
2: isn't it? Though it yeah. is, isn't it? It's really interesting, and yet the reason that it got cut was not because it didn't work, not because because uh, um, Darius's dialogue wasn't awesome. It was. It took three pages to kind of explain that, mm-hmm. and it didn't move the story along. It didn't move. It didn't really move as closer to getting. Robin back to his pig you know it was like what that needed to do it we need to get to that scene and at the end of him uh, uh, playing on Edgar's terms Edgar gives him a piece of paper that says go to Finway's restaurant or whatever it was it said on there and all that explanation to get us into the fight they thought slowed it down mm-hmm. okay, that's, yeah. um, you know which is yeah, okay, so that. I'm really I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, you know when this comes out on uh, whatever, whatever will, it will be coming out when there's, when there's uh, a director's cut or something, you know, mm-hmm. where they'll put that stuff back in because this is right now, it's only a 92 minute movie. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is great because it really moves along and it gets, it, it gets there and it just hits you faster than you even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there's all this great stuff in there. Like that, he has a the thing. There's another, there's a, there's a, Character of a drunk guy who's played by Brian Sutherland, who's another another Portland area actor. Uh, that was a great scene. And he's almost entirely cut out of it. So there are these great things, but but again, not because of anything, any fault of, of their performances or anything. It was just we gotta move this along, and this is yeah. a place where mm. it, we have we have to go. Um, I would that's having said that, I was so gratified that most of my stuff is still in there because you never know you know I mean i I could have uh, uh they could have cut that entire scene out for all i I knew and mm. I'm, and happily uh Michael thought it was the kind of the 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 emotional core of the movie so it's in there and it's really featured and uh yeah and yay me for for that mm. um, but um you know so so going back to the script was so well written that everybody who read it took it on as their own, you know, uh, the cinematographer, uh, Patrick, um, I'm forgetting his name, Scola, I think, uh, Patrick, um, put a lot of his own money into it to, to, to get equipment that he needed to make this, this work. So it really was a labor of love for so many people that, um, uh, because he had, he read it and was inspired with what he thought he would like to bring to it. Mm. And the, the, the music is so beautiful and, and really makes it work Mm. in that way, you know, and really undergirds the, the emotional content there. And that's from being inspired by the story too. And so, you know, you, here's Michael coming in for the first time and what he has done is he's, he's, he's inspired everybody to really bring their best to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he had had to bully people into doing it or force people to, or or pull performances out of people, it wouldn't have had, it wouldn't have worked the same way. So, so, so the fact that he walked in and said, I have a vision, this is what we want to do. And everybody got it. And said yeah i want to do that so um you know so so and my part of that when i got the part was uh and forgive me if i'm repeating myself but uh i i had a meeting with 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 michael a couple of days before we shot because i really wanted to talk about what what i read in his script and what i wanted to do and and show him and said you saw at the audition this is what i what i want to do and i want to make sure that's what you want and i also want to make sure that that um if that's your idea too then please push me to make sure you get what you want for this and uh and it was so that was really a nice uh uh, being able to collaborate like that and uh um yeah that was the answer to some question i think
1: (laughs) i mean (laughs) what i'd love to know um yeah because the, the the scene, you know, the, your scene, it's your scene. You make that scene for me. Um, what what I'd be interested to know is, once you filmed it, once you know that that's the take, did you know in your heart of hearts, I fucking nailed this, or is there an <laughs> element of modesty about it? Is there an element of you know, you like you say, you never know if this film, this this will even be used because, you know, this this scene. I'm not trying to blow smoke. Here, for, for, that it's a scene that made me immediately go on Twitter and talk about it. It's something I wanted <laughs> to share straight away. Do you know? Oh, cool. You know when you've done, you've filmed that kind of scene that you that you've nailed it.
2: This is perhaps the first time in my life where it really felt like that. Mm. And and even and for me, when I saw it and saw that I had accomplished everything that I really really wanted to, was was really great. It was really gratifying and. And I think that that moment first happened when we got there first thing in the morning to run the scene. So this is after, you know, I, I met with Michael on Saturday and said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I read your script. This is using all my, <laughs> so I say, all David Nell stuff, right? This is what I'm going <laughs> to do with this. And, um, uh, and he said, yeah, no, that's what I want you to do. Um. I said, "Okay." I said, "Just want to make sure that you know that we're all on the same page," and and so when we got to the set, and again, this is we all, this was one day. My scene was was entirely shot in one day, so I didn't have time to ramp up to anything. I absolutely had to hit the ground running with this, which is why I, I wanted to talk to Michael ahead of time and see what that was. And so when I got to this set. You know, I got show up at a parking lot somewhere and there's a trailer and I put on the chef's costume, which I had tried on a couple of days before and uh, got into a van. And then there's Nick and I met him there and I met Alex and they already had kind of a bond going because they've been Mm -hmm. working on this movie for, for several weeks. And, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing that like. Let's see what what, what to compare it to, but, but they already, the crew had already been working for at least a couple of weeks. I think this was the third week of shooting and, and here I come and I, you know, I want to be a part of this too. I want to be like, like they're all, you know, everybody's kind of really doing having this intense experience together. Mm. And clearly he and Alex did, they were, you could tell, they were really um, using a lot of shorthand with each other, you know and 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 i was the guy in today's scene right mm-hmm. and you know and i know that, that like we got to the restaurant and there was a little little room up up in the that was maybe the manager's office or something and that's where they they put put uh, chairs for for nick and alex to be hanging out so they're not hanging out with with everybody get some privacy up there and so we came into the restaurant and and I only ever saw him in full makeup. So <laughs> you know, the with the, the bruises and the thing that was the only way I ever saw him and you know, looking like he can barely move and going, hi, how are you? Good good to meet you. And, um, you know, we sat down and we did the scene and, and Michael said, okay, let's just, let's just run it through. we just, we don't need performances here. We just want to see like where we're going to put the cameras and stuff. So just, just run it. And, because i've done this before and knew exactly the, the 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 trap if i i knew that in that moment i had to give it a thousand percent i had to just in the <laughs> rehearsal i had to just just go and just do it and do it every time and not and not be casual about it and save it for the for the camera um i knew that i had to show him you know hey, look this is what i got all these things <laughs> and um And so we ran it and I just went just as, as full as, as I could there. And it was so great to see, to see Nick kind of, kind of sit back and go, okay. All right. Okay. You know, like this is going to be fun. And then it was like, Mm -hmm. and, and I got in that moment that, that, that I, I, I had earned his respect right then, which was, which was great. And now, now I knew that I could go and play and not, uh, um, you know, and see what, see what we could come up with and see how it would, would work. And, um, so, so, and talking to people since then, people who were on the set that day, uh, everybody that I talked to said that that particular day was, was a really special part of the whole shoot. Like that, that was when things really kind of came together and they kind of went, uh, mm-hmm. this is, I think really, wow. Um, So that was really great to, to, to know. And, and as I said, when I actually saw it on screen, I saw it at the, the premiere in Los Angeles and, you know, I'm kind of watching it my first time seeing it on its own, but also watching it with an audience and watching their responses to it, you know, and, and watching how people were laughing at all the right places, you know, like all the places (laughs) that I intended for them to laugh, which is, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing, film acting versus stage acting. As a comparison, there on stage. And I've done a lot of stage in my life. There's an audience right there and everything that you're doing, you have immediate feedback to, to how is this going? Because the audience is there. And if, and if they're, you know, if they're laughing along with you right at the beginning, then, you know, you can continue to kind of get them to laugh. Preferably if it's a comedy. Um, But, but also there's times when you can be doing a comedy and, you know, you walk out, there's that first joke and you say it and nothing. And then you realize this is, this is just going to be a quiet evening. And sometimes it's because audiences are quiet and, you know, sometimes they're with you and just it's, but it's a, but every night you have that opportunity to try and, you know, sculpt that, that reaction. And in a movie, you, you're just doing it right there. So it's just, you got this moment and you get to, we were, we were collaborating enough that, you know, what he was giving me with just, just his, 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 his intensity, you know, I would, because said that what he's attempting to do what the character is trying to do is trying to tear down uh finway just so he can just get the answer to his to his his thing and um you know and my as a as a as an actor what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to 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 give him stuff to react off of Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so so i've got to uh, uh, you know because people are watching him and he's he has that great monologue in that thing about uh, uh, you know we don't always we don't what is it we don't we, we don't always get to to have the uh, things that are important in our life or something whatever that's about but I know that a monologue like that really only works if it's affecting the other person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I did a short film many years ago uh, with, a, with a, an actor that I loved named Art LaFleur, who was uh, he was in Field of Dreams. He played Babe Ruth in The Sandlot. He's somebody that was a easily recognizable character actor. And I, I, I was in an acting class with him many years ago. We were both students. And what I loved about Art is that he was the best reactor I'd ever known. If you were doing a scene with him, even if you had all the words his reactions were so great and so nuanced. And so, and so I did a short film, which was, which was essentially a monologue. It was a uh, thing about a guy knocking on somebody's door at three in the morning because he'd just broken up with his girlfriend. He was trying to appeal to her father to uh, uh, just say, "I'm I'm trying to, I need to get back in touch with your daughter. Like, like uh like robin's doing i i'm looking Mm -hmm. for my pig only it was this guy's daughter and so i had to convince him that how how earnest i was and how in love with her i was and 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 it's a great little scene and at the end of it it's like you know I, i just tell him that i'm so in love not just with her but with you for having raised her and thank you and i give him a big hug and there's a moment goes by and then he says i don't have a daughter and I realized that I've been talking to the wrong guy for the last uh, five minutes. And that scene only works because of art's reactions, yeah. right? It works. If I had not been getting, it, it works because I was convincing him and he was showing me that like over the course of whatever this was, where I'm just, you know, blurting out to him, my, my love for this, this woman, even though it's not his daughter, I carried him along emotionally with it. And that totally works only because of his reaction. So you've got Rob's monologue in this scene there. And my job was to sell his monologue. Right. Mm. So, so which meant that everything that he said, w- the point of what he was saying was that was to tear me down emotionally. If my job is to give him that, to give to, 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 for, for us as the audience and also, um, um, Amir this is the other character in that mm. scene. They keep cutting back to him and he's watching this this happen between mm. these two guys, right? And his reaction is so great because he's he's almost in tears watching these two people have this conversation. So there's a, so Amir is kind of representing us as the audience. Like we're watching these two guys have this scene but we're watching Amir's emotional reaction which we're kind of relating to watching these two guys mm. having that scene And i wonder if if they didn't cut back to him if you as an audience would have had the same reaction to it i don't know mm. but it's really you know there's so many layers to it that it it got us all underneath that that thing so we're feeling for each of the characters and that's that they pulled that off is just so so cool. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've mentioned Amir Alex
0: Wolf. I have uh-huh. to confess this wasn't a person I knew much about prior to watching Pig. Yeah. I know he was in the two Jumanji films, but he was very right. much the he was the rock before he became the rock. Oh, uh, right. Okay. And he he was in a show, The Naked Brothers Band, which is a Nickelodeon TV show. So I think that a younger generation may know mm-hmm. him, but it's someone who escapes me until seeing him in Pig. He's got the world at his feet, hasn't he? I mean, he's a uh, really good right, actor. Right
2: yeah, yeah, he was really and impressed. He was, he, he, I was very impressed. I was I was uh, a little uh, dubious when uh, when I met with Michael, the director, beforehand, uh, and he said, "Oh, Alex, uh, Alex wants to be called Amir. He wants to be called by his character's name." Okay, and I kind of went. I I, I don't know who this kid is, but I'm sure he hasn't earned that yet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. I've I've been doing this. No, I'm not going to call him Amir. I hope that's not a problem for you, but we'll see. But having said that, <laughs> I really really loved what he did with this movie. It was so. There was some, um, you know, and yeah, he. he right now the, the the doors are open for him to, 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 to show even, even more, you know, but, uh, but that's, you know, that was his character's job which to kind of represent the audience in this to, to, you mm-hmm. know, to be the sort of the emotional uh, uh, viewpoint in this, that we're, we're, you know, we're watching Rob go through all these things, but we're watching that through his eyes. And he really did that. Well, he did, he was, um, you know, he, he led us in that, that scene that he's got, when he's outside of his his mother's uh, yeah. um, hospital. hospital room. Oh my god! Just that mm. where he can't even go in, and that's and again, that's you look at what that was written that way, right? That's like like Michael and Vanessa wrote this scene where this kid's having a conversation with his with his mother, and you're not sure what's going on at first. I think, but mm-hmm. but he's having a conversation with his comatose mother, and he can't even be in the room with her but he can be in the hallway. And it's like, wow, the, the, what, the, the, the emotional gymnastics that one has to go through to be, and the, and then the, the nurse showing up says, you know, I'm about to clean out her trick. Do you want to go in? And he'd go, Oh God, no, I I can't be in the same room with her. It's like, wow. Wow. Hmm. And he pulled that off so beautifully. And it's just, you know, and the, and when he's trying to, that scene, when he's, he's at the mirror, trying to, trying to, uh, um, get himself revved up and he's going, uh, I'm, I'm the king. I'm the king. I'm the king. And it's like, mm. yeah, he did. He, he, he's he pulled excellent. off all those things and it was so, it was really great to watch. So, um, mm. so yeah, I have, I have a, I have, he, he did, he did earn my respect over, over the course of, of this. Not that. Fantastic. Not, yeah. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've had a few listener questions in David, if you you don't mind us asking them. No, sure. 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 Uh,
1: yeah, some of our uh, some of our loyal listeners um have, have have tweeted it for us. Now one thing, I was speaking to one of my friends about this. Um one thing I love especially about um American movies is the idea of um a quintessential a quintessential easy for me to say English pub. Yeah. Now an English pub for us <laughs> is stale um, beer, even stale yeah, right. crisps. Um and it's not <laughs> not a very glamorous thing at all, really. But um right. across across the pond, an English pub is very much a different, I feel a very different kind of a vision of what an English pub a,
2: a bit more romanticised, I would Yeah, think. a
1: bit more Shakespearean, perhaps, or, or yes, right. <laughs> um, right.
2: well,
1: One of our listeners, uh, Tom Keaney, wants to know: You can fulfil your dream of opening an English pub. What would be your signature dish?
2: Uh, what would be my signature dish? Oh gosh. Um... I mean, are you going full English and
1: going, you know, bangers and mash, sausages and mash, mashed potato, or are you, are you going a little different?
2: Well, yeah, I think you, I know, I know what was Finway's thing was doing Scotch eggs, but with liver yeah. instead of pork, which is like, yeah. okay, <laughs> okay, that's kind of English or just, yeah, or just making them with just, just haggis on a stick or something. I think good. <laughs> that's good to me.
1: Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll say that. Funny, that, that, yeah. that. <laughs> um david evans wants to know um did you feel that you would be typecast as an ernie after having this as your character name in both turner and hooch
2: and total recall it's also my name in um uh uh uh, what was it oh i'll remember my blue heaven i played i played a Hmm. clerk in there and and uh, and i uh I I had them change it to to Ernie as well because I th- I thought at some point my biography would be called Three Guys Named Ernie,
1: <laughs> and, I, and I
2: think I I I think I just yeah I just I do I do fit I think an, an Ernie uh, I have an Ernie vibe to me I guess. But I mean, uh, this, this in a- fact, in in um, <laughs> in uh, Turner and Hooch, there was at least there, w- there was the old guy who used to own Hooch before. The Tom Hanks character got him I forget what his character's name was but uh, but I think people assumed that was Ernie because he seemed more of an Ernie at the time Mm -hmm. an old crusty guy named his name is Ernie how you doing I'm Ernie (laughs) but um, yeah yeah, I I, I, th- I think Ernie yeah, somehow there's, fits. So. There's, there's worse ways
1: to like make, make your money. Listen, we need an Ernie. Who we gonna call? Nell's a yeah, We gotta call him. <laughs> that's right.
2: <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's I, I I've told people for years that the ideal thing that you want when is when you're a character actor is for someone to pick up the script and go, uh, "Oh, oh, that's the David Nell part," <laughs> and uh, you know, but 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 like. Most of the stuff that I've done was was quite a while ago. So it's like, you know, you either I think you may want a young David Nell if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> um, but also I, I watch I watch things all the time and my wife and I will go, oh, that's the David Nell part or, or you know, uh, whether they, they're named Ernie or not. Uh, <laughs> but but it used to be like like the guy in I played in Total Recall, right? The the uh, the sort of nerdy sidekicky uh, uh, um, thing. There was a point at which they stopped being played by by me and started being played by uh, uh Asian girls. I think that was the thing like just <laughs> just uh sort of nerdy girls instead and it's like okay well i'm i'm, I'm aging out of that part i will <laughs> <laughs> the, the natural attrition of things the math, yes <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: andrew wright wants to know and this is in generally in your career not necessarily yeah. pig um is there a scene that was shot that you were really proud of but ultimately didn't make the final cut and now
2: ever work, now will never see the light of day yes yes i have i have specifically one of the i have a, I have a couple of variations and i played uh, uh Mozart in an episode of Blossom TV series Hmm. a bunch of years ago. uh, That was a a five page scene that got cut down to a one page scene to make room for a, a, a cameo by Sonny Bono of Sonny and Cher fame. Um, So, which is why anybody mentions Sonny Bono. I go, Bono. Um, (laughs) But I, I also did a movie called, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. Um, it was a movie with, with, with Alan Arkin and Peter Falk. Uh, Big Trouble is what it was called. It's not mm-hmm. the one with Tim Allen, it was a different one. Uh, it, it never had a theatrical release. Uh, it barely got a to video release. I think you can probably find it now on Amazon or something. That being said, I'm not in it, I, but I had a great, really great day of shooting. Um, it was originally Uh, written and directed by uh andrew bergman i believe but sometime before my scene got shot he got fired for some reason it happens um and peter falk asked uh if if uh if they could maybe get john cassavetes who was a good friend of his and a incredible director um did a lot of really great indie films in the sixties and seventies. And, and, uh, and so John Cassavetes came on to direct and the scene was uh, took place in, in a, um, uh, a a hardware store Uh, happened to be a few blocks from where, where I lived in, in, in Burbank in Los Angeles. And the, the, the story was about, there was something where they were going to rob a, a, the, the, the safe, of the corporation that Al, that Alan Arkin's character worked for. And so they come into a hardware store to buy dynamite. And I played the hardware store guy and we didn't have dynamite so I ended up selling them 50 pounds of charcoal briquettes. And and we 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 basically improvised the entire scene. And it was so great improvising with these two like masters of improvisation. And making every every line different and just trying different things and and uh, was so much fun and i was by the time we got to the end of the scene i realized this scene is not going to be in the movie at all and 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 it was not but it was it was an awesome day of 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 playing with a couple of masters so uh, and you will never see it (laughs) (laughs)
1: it sounds sounds great to be fair um finally ash dolan you're planning a birthday party maybe your own maybe not um what film tv location do you book for this party and which three people do you invite to the birthday party let's pretend it's your party so you can gosh
2: try if you well it's, it's 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 my 60th birthday coming up in in uh in september uh, my brother was asking me, hey, so what do you want to do? Do you want to have a party? And I'm thinking, no, I really don't want to have a party. Uh, so, so the idea of having a party at all is... Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> exhausting. It's exhausting.
2: But uh, just it, just because it popped into my head, uh, wherever it was that, that, that they shot, uh, the bowling alley where they shot the Big Lebowski, nice. we could do it there. Fantastic. And, uh, and, and you know, we could have just the guys who were bowling, there, just have John Turturro and and uh, John Goodman and and, uh, and uh, the dude himself. Uh, I think that'd be great. Amazing, yeah, <laughs> amazing, <Excellent. laughs> wonderful. So what? And next? also, and also, uh, 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 Sam Elliott would have to sit at the bar and uh, the best with the cowboy hat and, and the mustache. In the and, yeah. Did you know? Here's a here's a here's a, uh, a behind the scenes tip. You know, he does not uh, that that all of those mustaches are fake. He no has way. he has a little. He has a little kit that he brings with him, the different mustaches. He's got the one that goes down here and the one that goes like that. But in walking around, he does not have a mustache and nobody knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that is true. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs>
0: So what's next for David Nell, other than preparing for your best supporting uh, actor Oscar uh, there nomination? There we go.
2: That's uh, just just that uh, I am working <laughs> on. Uh, theatrically, I'm working on a, a, a one person play uh, about John Barrymore. It's called Barrymore, and it was written by <laughs> William Luce, who is uh, a really wonderful, wonderful playwright who wrote uh, bell of Amherst and a bunch of other uh, one person shows. And I've, I'm committing that to memory right now. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, soft uh, uh, bookings lined up, but, but that's what I'm looking forward to do. And then who knows, because like this thing here, if this, uh, if, if it turns out that this propels my life in another direction, I will happily go along wherever it takes me.
0: Incredible. I um, mean, yeah. I know it's still very early days, but I, I do have hopes that there may be some Oscar love heading. <laughs>
2: well, I that would be as good would, as anything I've seen this yeah, year. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I've been to the Oscars once, uh, um, uh, back when, uh, As Good As It Gets was, uh, okay, was, was, was up there because the Jack some, Nicholson uh, film. The Jack Nicholson thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, my wife and I were friends with with Helen Hunt, and we went to support her. And we went, and it was great. And I've not been back since. I've been an, an an academy member for excuse me for many years, but uh, but this would be a good reason to go. If 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 this gets anything, I'm there. I w- I will totally put my my head in and, and go and support it and yell and go. Yeah. yeah! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you remember us when you're up on stage at the academy. Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: who by, those two, by who
1: Two bald
2: Aussie Osborne sounding. There we go, Brits. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Absolutely. So uh, okay, this has been fun.
0: Yes, yeah, really uh, enjoyed it, David. Thank you very much for your time. I was going to say this evening, but obviously
2: it's early. Well, mid morning for well, you. I mean, isn't it's it? noon. It's it's noonish right now. So so uh, time for me to heat up the rest of my coffee and go uh, do stuff. I got I I have David Nell stuff to do. <laughs> whatever whatever that is wherever it takes me I'll be Excellent. there Amazing. thank you, really you so much I
1: really appreciate it <laughs> yeah
2: all enjoy right, the guys. rest of your day David thanks you too take care take care bye Bye-bye. bye and then and then the awkward thing where I can't figure out what <laughs> 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 I just, I <laughs> all right bye bye see you <laughs> bye bye
0: so that was us chatting with acting superstar yeah why not Future Oscar hopeful in my eyes, David, now. Hope you enjoyed it. I think Stu is going to be kicking himself that he uh, could not make it for this episode. But um, I-, I enjoyed myself. Matt, did you?
1: Yeah, it was brilliant. It's, it, it, we always really appreciate anybody that's willing to come on. But, you know, we really did put a lot of time into going through, exploring and letting us peek behind the curtain a little bit as well. You know, some some actors are a little hesitant sometimes to to give away, you know, the the kayfabe so to speak i've been watching too much dark side of the ring so i'm I'm, I'm like involved (laughs) with that too much at the minute but you know he he, you know he was talking quite candidly quite openly um someone that's been there and done that and bought the t-shirt and um just really really pleased that he's he's taken part and hope that um it is enjoyable to the people listening than it was for us to record yeah
0: and i I really liked hearing the facts that nick cage wasn't an arsehole on set i (laughs) I imagine that he could be an absolute diva at times Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you got the impression with pig that that was never going to be the case that it was it felt like you saw a tight-knit family on screen yeah and that's kind of what it sounded like so i'm really pleased to hear that like the film was what i hoped it would have been
1: yeah definitely like it almost seems in a way that you get the impression that Nick Cage at this point would be like the wily old veteran in a locker room that you need to impress first before you get his respect. Like me, Mm. Mark Calloway, like you've (laughs) got to like, you've got to like get his respect first before he'll like you. but it's, you know, from what David was saying, obviously he did the rehearsal, blew it away straight away. And then Nick Cage was, was very much like, okay, I've got something I can work with here. This is going to be exciting. And I wasn't waxing lyrical, that that scene you know made made the movie for me. I saw I spoke about it the second I saw it yeah. um, and I'm glad that David was in a position to talk to us two bald bastards from all <laughs> <and back here. laughs> yeah like you you are right. I mean he did mention that that was the heart
0: of the, fil- the that scene was the heart of the film and it it did feel like that was the was the best way to, like the middle part of a page. Mm -hmm. like you've got your first half and your second half and that film that scene is what bound it all together it was the link into the movie it's
1: it's it's the filling of a delicious sandwich yeah it's not the same without it um i i didn't i I need to watch pig again anyway just in general Mm -hmm. but i think i need to watch it again and maybe appreciate a little more some of these nuances that david spoke about yeah especially in relation to what was cut from the film um, and, and explore that in a way. I really hope that I would like to think the popularity and everything else of it will mean it gets a cinema release and or, you know, a, a good hmm. di- like physical DVD Blu-ray release in this country um, and be able to kind of explore that world a little bit more. Something, hopefully, our friends at the Lighthouse will be able to jump on board with.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Like, it, it definitely deserves eyes on it it's really good I know it's scheduled for release on the 20th of August which this should be going out on the 23rd I think is how I planned it (laughs) Um, so it should be out as you're listening now and I I do implore you to find a way to see this movie whether it's available in your local cinema or if it's you know Amazon Prime however you can get hold of it it's worth the, the investment and I think as David said about it might not sound like the type of film that you mm. particularly want to see. But once you're in there, you're hooked. And, and that's exactly how I felt first time. I went in thinking, oh, this will be a bit of Nick Cage craziness fun. And then I was sobbing halfway through, like, this you're is right, not what though. I paid
1: for. No, you're right, though. But I, I don't know how to say this about it sounding offensive to all those who are involved, but there's an element of Stockholm syndrome about this, this, this movie in that you shouldn't enjoy it you you know what i mean not shouldn't enjoy it because of the the quality but you shouldn't enjoy being made feeling emotionally drained by it but you do there's something there's something oddly satisfying about this film being tearing apart tearing you apart emotionally there's something about it it's very cleansing in a way i guess yeah acceptance of grief perhaps i don't know there's it's just got a really i said it in the in the interview it's interview god what are we like? (laughs) in in the the expose Um, I said but it is very delicate but it's got the strength of a bulldozer at the same time yeah Um, and I think going and like I said going into it expecting it to be John Wick was probably the best thing that could have happened totally became unexpected Mm -hmm. um, and a good a a good surprise
0: the the film felt like a fire almost and it just cleared all the ground and just Mm. left everything bare at the end and I, I love that sort of gut-wrenching feel that you it feels cathartic at the end of it and yes yeah. that, that's very much how i felt like I, when i said to him that i haven't seen much better this year like i, I was being 100% genuine this is like when we come to do our 2021 top five like there's gonna have to be some damn good films if this isn't in there
1: yeah yeah exactly just yeah. so i mean for, for, the, for the people listening um to this show um watch it let us know how you know it might be the case that in a few months time we return just to do a feedback session on it like just what people thought about it just as a feature as part of a question cast maybe um i'd we'd love to be able just to see it listen we don't get we don't get paid a fucking penny for how pig does but we love it that much that we'd like people to you know to to share our experiences with it as well
0: Absolutely. Obviously, we will be doing a picture pod on Pig at some point, but I kind of want to leave it a few months and let as many people as possible see it, rather than us talk about it and maybe spoil a few elements that I think needs to be experienced firsthand. Mm
1: -hmm, So
0: we'll be coming back to that at some point down the line. Uh, I think next week we're up to a question cast. I honestly don't know where we are with our schedule at the moment. Um, But just keep an eye on the socials at Pod, and we'll tell you what's coming up next. If you've got any emails, if you've seen Peak and you just want to let us know what you thought about it, drop us a review. And that is cagefightingpod at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you could leave us a review, we would thoroughly appreciate it. So for this week, Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Take it easy, guys. Look after yourselves. It's goodbye from me and remember, be excellent to each other.